The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conquer Approach, a journey of self-mastery to cultivate our faith, mindset, wellness, and to allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, faithful believer, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and coach, Musa Mikhail. Let's conquer. Welcome back to the Conquer Approach. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I want to talk about why I created this podcast. You know, it's been out for a couple of years now that I created this podcast, and I talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but I just kind of want to revisit because I took some time uh, to recalibrate and really reflect on what direction I want this podcast to go. And so I want to go back to what started it all, when, when why I'm doing this and why I believe so strongly in this. Now, mainly it was, it was created for mental health. And I've experienced some mental health issues I know probably every human being has at some point in their life, and if they haven't, they will. And in this day and age, mental health is a, it's in a very serious crisis. A lot of suicides, a lot of violent crimes, a lot of just problems and, and corruption due to mental health. People are, are destroying themselves by not understanding and recognizing these things, these emotions, not understanding how to process their feelings in a healthy way so they become destructive. And so I'm going to tell you the story that made me want to do this podcast uh, while still in the military. Now, if you served with me, if you served on the USS Columbia, you probably know about this. And if you haven't, you might have heard of it if you were in the Navy or if you lived in Hawaii during this time. But it was uh, it was at the end of 2019, prior to me getting out of the military. And we had someone on our submarine. You can Google the story if you want uh, and get the Navy Times version of it. Uh, his name was Gabriel Romero, and he was 22 years old. And we noticed that Romero had interesting characteristics. He did not process information well. He had a different demeanor than most people. He uh, seemed very angry. He wasn't a good communicator. And there was a lot of things that I noticed about him when I spoke to him that made me think that this is interesting. He struggles. He was struggling a lot in the submarine force and submarine force is not easy and it's not for everyone, even if they try to make people fit into that role just because they are so undermanned. But I noticed that he was struggling a lot more than normal people. And so I tried to have conversations with him. We spent some time on our duty days together and I was trying to understand him more and understand his way of thinking. It was, it was very interesting. I, I didn't know much about him, though. I didn't know much about his history. I didn't know much about his background. I just knew something is up. Something's not right here, whether it's 
his personality. And so many people just brush it off. Maybe he's just a weird guy or whatever the case is. Um, I got to know him a little bit during our duty days. We we stood uh, armed watches together and I, I talked about it. We We joked around sometimes and, you know, I got to know that he didn't know how to communicate very well, which is not uncommon, especially for men, especially men who's been through a lot or had severe trauma in their life. And not sure exactly what led up to it. And and there's people that probably know him a little bit more uh, and knew the process. He was on the submarine for about a year and a half or two years. But one day he was armed duty, armed watch with a, I believe an M4 rifle and a pistol. And nonchalantly decided to take the lives of two Hawaiian shipyard workers while he was on duty and then took his own life. So with that, that kind of stuff does not happen often in the Navy. I mean, suicides happen and they never talk about it, which was another thing that really bothered me. Uh, This was right before Christmas time too. Innocent shipyard workers. I think he injured a third, but he killed two good men that didn't even know him. There was there was no there was no animosity. It was, it was completely senseless in that way, and it really made me reflect. You know, not only that, I don't necessarily agree with the way the military handles these things. A lot of people committed suicide that year, and. None of them were really talked about. Their names weren't even mentioned when when we would get told that someone on a different submarine committed suicide. They wouldn't even have the the courage to say who it was. Yeah, to protect the identity and uh, this and that, but that's still a human being. That's still a fellow sailor. That's still a brother or sister, right? So I really reflected on this. I was like, how can someone just get to that point and do something so heinous? Like what was going on in his mind, in his reality to justify that or to omit any care to human life. And we see senseless violence quite often, especially if you live in America. And it's the unfortunate reality. People get killed daily here. Daily, in every city, in all cities across the country, there's a lot of violence. People don't know how to communicate these things, so they resort in violence. And suicide is an ever-growing issue that's affecting a lot of young people, a lot of people in general, but a lot of young people. And we're seeing preteens, people who are in middle school, people in not even in middle school yet. There's kids committing suicide or trying to because of whatever bullying or whatever issues they face. They feel that whatever issue is so much bigger than their own life, which is just not true. It's so overtaking that they lose hope. So I wanted to make this podcast so I can at least provide something that's free, that could be beneficial, that could at least give some spark of hope that 
There is no problem that is too great to be overcome, even if it might feel that way. You know, I, I wish we talked about these things, communication, emotional intelligence, emotional self-regulation in our school systems, because it is the most crucial aspect of humanity. And we wonder why there's so much violence and why there's so much suicide and why do people kill each other? Why do people just shoot each other when they get disrespected or they feel inferior or whatever the case is, or they want to just prove a point? There's so many ways we can communicate, but it starts with ourselves. If we can conquer our mindset, if we can have the self-awareness to recognize our emotions, our traumas, and how we can channel that into a healthy way, mind, body, and spirit, and with a little bit of faith, faith the size of a mustard seed, we can change our life. We could transform. Every emotional experience has a beginning, middle, and end. We get stuck in the middle and we don't think it'll end. We don't believe sometimes that there will be an end. We think this is it. But the truth is, whatever you're facing, it will end. We have to feel it. We have to process it. And we have to just move that emotion in a healthy way. Especially for men. Men don't know how to process their emotions. And a lot of it is the media or however it's portrayed. It's okay to reflect and to to be hurt, to be sad. You know, there's a great book I just finished called Cry Like a Man by Jason Wilson, which if you're a man, you just, I recommend it 100%. And if you're a female listening to this and you know a man in your life or have an important man in your life, recommend this book, Cry Like a Man. And he tells some tragic stories of trauma and he never allowed himself to even feel it. He had to be strong, right? Because society says men don't cry. But the truth is, real men cry. Real men feel hurt. Real men have emotions because they're human. And when we block them, we suppress it. It bleeds into every aspect of our lives. Like a soda bottle being shaken up, it explodes. Men have emotions. Do not avoid it. And that's one of the dangerous things. We avoid the pain. We avoid the suffering. We don't want to speak it. We don't want to talk to anybody else. And the truth is, because of that, male suicide rate is estimated to be four times more than female. Males commit 76.6 of the violent crimes. Why? Generally, women are more attuned to their emotions. They know how to communicate it. They know how to recognize it. They know how to share their emotions, generally speaking, more than men. Men have to be tough and strong. They can't show it. They can't let anybody know they're hurting. 
And just if you're a man, when was the last time you felt a strong emotion and denied yourself actually feeling it? Because the truth is, if you actually fully felt that emotion, the end will come. But if you're stuck in the middle of an emotion, a pain, suffering, sadness, depression, and you deny yourself to actually feel that emotion, you'll be stuck in the middle of it. And then you try to put it behind you. You try to forget it. And that is one of the greatest questions you can ask yourself. What are you trying to forget? What are you trying to forget? Because if you, fully, if you have not fully processed this, and, and it might be more than just sitting there meditating and processing it. Because some traumas are so bad, you may need help to process it. Some experiences are so bad, you will need help to process it. And mental health must be the priority. If your mindset, your mental wellness is not there, you will not be the person you're capable of being. You will be enslaved by your past, your experiences, your traumas. It will dim all your light to shine. You'll be stuck in this different identity, this identity that is a limited version of you. Let's normalize admitting that we need help. And I've done this a lot. I'm starting to get better at it. You know, I'm starting to get accountability partners. I'm starting to hire coaches and, and people who can give me feedback. I'm starting to build relationships with people who can tell me the truth, not just enable me or allow me to do the things that don't serve me. And being able to access those thoughts and feelings instead of putting them away as if they are not important. And sometimes we have this, this feeling of our trauma is not that bad or our issues aren't that bad. You know, I didn't experience something that was completely heinous, you know, and like that book, cry like a man, he experienced some things that I've never experienced before not even remotely close, family members being murdered and, and things like that. I never experienced that personally. You know, people, I know people who have, and he never let himself cry. And I wonder how many people do that. How many people are born in rough urban settings where these violence are normal? Domestic violence is normal to see. Parent figures are not there. Parent figures were not supportive. Parent figures were absent. And we brushed that off like it is what it is. It is what it is. You can't control necessarily what happened to you. But you have to acknowledge what happened to you. And you acknowledge how it makes you feel and how it affects you today. And through a beautiful process that psychologists call reparenting, you can identify those things, those things that did not happen, those, the love that you did not receive growing up. As an adult now, you can't control the fact that 
those things happened or your parent figure wasn't there or they weren't loving or they weren't supportive or they were abusive or you experienced trauma or terrible things happened. You can't control that. That's gone. That's in the past. But now in the present moment, what can you do? And this is a ever flowing question that you can ask yourself. What can I do now? What can I do right now? And you can be aware. You can feed your mind the things that serve you, the good things. You can focus on the lessons you've learned from your past. You can share those with other people. They don't have to keep you captive and affect your relationships now. And if you don't know how it's affecting you now, something that's happened before that you never processed or internalized or introspectively understood, then just look at the results in your life. Do you have joy? Do you have peace? Do you have self-control? Or are you angry? Are you stressed out? Or do you have other coping mechanisms that try to distract you? Do you have addictions that are trying to get your mind off of the things and the suffering and the pain and the sadness and the depression you feel? It's very normal to feel these things. It's very normal to be sad. We don't have to stay there. But once we let the sadness, let that storm pass through, the sun will come out again. But when we get stuck in the storm and we think this is it, I'm just going to live in this storm forever. No, even the worst of the storms, even the worst hurricanes, what gives people hope is that it's not going to last forever. The hurricane will pass and it might destroy everything and you might have to rebuild, but it will pass. It is not weak to ask for help. It is not weak to ask for help. It is not weak to ask for help. It is weak to pretend that we don't need help. Now say that again, because this is a thought that changed my outlook in life. It is not weak to ask for help. It is weak to believe that we don't need help. That is unwise. That is a foolish way to think because we weren't meant to be on this journey of life solo. We just weren't. We need people for support. We need others to carry our burdens, but it begins with us. If we cannot recognize where we're hurting and how we're hurting, we can't communicate it. And if we can't communicate it, we're not allowing ourselves to receive any type of support and love from anybody else. Love and support that people are willing to give. Instead, we build walls. We build walls so thick, so heavy, that they're impenetrable. And we're locked in that wall. We're locked in those walls by ourselves, tormented by our past, 
and our thoughts and our feelings that we may not understand how to process through. And because we're stuck in that place, that dark place, it saturates our heart with those thoughts. It contaminates our minds and it shows up in our behavior. And so we resort to violence. We curse out the people we love. We attack people. We stab people. We shoot people. We fight people. We tear people down with our words and our actions. We abuse our minds and our bodies with drugs and alcohol and other vices. We distract ourselves with TV, movies, Netflix, pornography, sex, you name it. Our lives are so filled with distractions because we don't want to face the truth. We don't want to come clean with ourselves. We don't want to admit that we need help, that we cannot do it ourselves. You know, thank God for allowing me to realize these things. And I'm still on this journey of recovery for my habits that are not serving me. But I know I don't have to do it alone. I have God, I have my faith, and that's taken me through every challenge. That's gotten me through. And I'm starting to reach out and getting help from others. Getting help is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of wisdom. It's time to start being wise. It is not foolish to get help. Most people can see us better than we see ourselves. If you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're not good. It does not mean you're not smart or capable or worthy. It means you are human. And your life will go in the direction of your most dominant thoughts, always. So check in. What are you thinking about the most? Are you thinking about how depressed you are? Are you thinking about how hurt you are from someone or something or the tragedies or the traumas? Are you focused on all the corruption and pain and suffering in the world? What are you focusing on? Because your life will go in that direction. You know, I like to just remember... I don't control that my heart is beating. I don't control that I have air to breathe. That is a true gift. And if that is the one thing you can focus on, that it was given to you, that the power that is sustaining my heart is a gift to me because I am not manually keeping myself alive. That is a gift. And as long as I'm alive, I have work to do. As long as I'm alive, I have a purpose. Even if I don't understand it yet, I do. As long as I'm alive, I know there's a chance to overcome whatever issue I face. And as we reprogram our mind, our patterns that keep us stuck in those perpetual feedback loops of depression, of sadness, of pain, of trauma, of being enslaved to those thoughts. You develop those patterns, those thinking habits, and then you think more 
and then you see more to validate those thoughts and then you just get stuck. You get stuck in this way of thinking. But the beautiful thing about human life is God made our brains to be able to change, right? Neuroplasticity. Our neural pathways can change. And if you, if you notice yourself constantly thinking a certain way, and maybe you don't notice because it's subconscious, someone will point it out to you. If you're willing to ask for help, if you're willing to get a coach, if you're willing to get counsel, if you're willing to talk to a therapist, they will point it out to you and give you that awareness. Oh, wow, I do complain about everything. Oh, wow, I do focus on all the negative aspects of life only and not any of the good things. Oh, I don't practice any gratitude of life. I don't thank God for anything I have. I'm only stuck on the negative aspects. Negative thoughts create negative habits. Thinking negatively and focusing on negative things in your life will become as unconscious as walking. You don't think about it. You don't think about left, right, left, right. You just do it. Almost as unconscious as driving a car. If you've done it for several years, you're not really consciously thinking about every single thing you're doing. You can have a conversation with somebody while your subconscious drives the vehicle. That's the power of habits. And if you have negative thought habits, you have negative behaviors. And you'll produce those fruits in your life. Remember, intentionally focus your thoughts on those good things. Focus all your thoughts on the good things in your life. And if you feel like there's nothing good, put your hand on your chest and feel your heartbeat. And if you feel like there's no purpose, there's no point, you'd rather not be alive, you'd rather not have your heartbeat, I pray for you. But those thoughts aren't true. And you have to recognize those are just thoughts and not every thought is true. Because people do love you and you have an impact to make. And there are people out there that benefit from you. There are people out there that once you get out of your rut, out of your darkness into a light and you let your light shine through you, you can shine the light on other people's darkness and give them the awareness and hope that you once so desired. And I'll leave you with this. One of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. It's Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. And ask yourself, What are you fixing your thoughts on and gain that awareness? God bless you. I love you. That is all for this episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you found any value in this episode, someone you know will also. Please share, subscribe, leave a rating and review so we can reach more people, have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, 
you are a conqueror.